Yeah. I need another friend for my movie <laughs> fix. Yeah. I have to I have to have It's okay. You can have two friends, but that's it. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. And I have podcasts with both of them, so it's all good. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All Podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my AirPods Fitness Consultant. Yes, I am not sticking my fingers in your ears just so people are You said you could make sure that my AirPods fit properly. Yes, and Apple provides you with a great tool in the iPhone to actually make sure because you got the new AirPods Pro. And I, I suppose if I little, actually pulled the little, ma- the little manual out, it would probably tell me that. Yep. And actually, when you first paired your AirPods Pro with your phone, it should have asked you, do you want to run a fit test? I, it may have, but I remember when I first paired it, I was in a hurry and I was on my way somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if it did ask me, I probably ignored it. But then I was mentioning to you about the uh, the ear tips and that I went with a smaller one. And you were like, did you do the fit test? I'm like, yeah. it's great, though, because Apple wants to make sure you get the best sound experience possible. So they play music, which is annoying music. Yeah, it is phone. a little annoying. Yeah. But they measure to see how much noise actually leaks into the microphones on the inside of the tips so they can detect yeah. is there too much noise leakage or not. Yeah. Which is ingenious, actually. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, yeah. So I, I think I have small and delicate ears. <laughs> so TMI, Curtis, TMI. So that's why I went with the smaller ear tips. Yeah. I have this giant head, but small, delicate ears. So that's... All know. this power in 80 little... What is it? Aladdin? Infinite power and... In, in, Itty bitty living space. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Speaking of quotable movie lines, I, I just, I've been watching movies that I've never seen before lately. And last night I watched the original name of it was Everyone Comes to Rex. I don't know what the actual. Yeah. The original name of this, of the play that became a movie was Everyone Comes to Rex or Everybody Comes to Rex. You probably know it by its more common name, Casablanca. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I never saw Casablanca, so I watched Casablanca last mm. night. I'm and surprised so you've never these... seen it. I don't know why. I don't know. It just, here's looking at you, kid, and this yeah. is the beginning of a beautiful relationship, and it's a lot of great, and by the way, you know what line is not in Casablanca? What? Play it again. Say hello to my... No, the line that everyone quotes from Casablanca, the p- play it again, Sam, is not mm. in the movie. It's like the treasure of Sierra Madre. The We don't need no stinking badges. That's actually not from the treasure of Sierra Madre. It's from the spoof of it, which is, I think it might be Blazing Saddles. I'm not sure. Hmm. Was it? But, what's the guy's name? Not Rob Lowe said it. Was it Rob Lowe? In what? Blazing Saddles? No, no I, because I've heard him say that in like other movies. That oh, line. Maybe. Yeah, it, it's a line that people quote and misquote. Yeah. But the famous line is not the line that everyone says. Just like yeah. he does not say, play it against him. He says, play it. And he says, you played it for her. You can play it for me. He doesn't say, play it again. But anyway, mm. I Things you learn when you actually closely watch a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on this watching older movies kick because of my other podcast, 
with my, my good friend, Jeff Rockland. This podcast is called The Things That Entertain Us. Feel free to look that up. Yeah. And I've been having fun watching some current yeah. movies as well as I watched Citizen Kane for the first time yeah. on a big screen at the Academy, awesome. the Academy, essentially the Academy of Motion Pictures Museum. They have mm. this beautiful theater and got to see Citizen Kane for the first time on this big giant screen. It was introduced by a guy from the Academy and talked about the visual effects and stuff that was in the movies. That's pretty, cool. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty unfortunately, cool. I don't watch movies. And so Curtis has to get yeah, his. I, <laughs> yeah. I need another friend for my movie <laughs> fix. Yeah. I have to I have to. Have it's okay. You can have two friends, multiple. but that's it. Okay. All right. There you go. And I have <laughs> podcasts with both of them. So it's all good. Today. I found myself on a Reddit thread. Why do you do this to yourself, Curtis? Why? I I was on uh, Reddit as is, you know, it's part of my shtick. And I found this Reddit thread and the title was, how important is backing up O365? And he says, I have MSPs always pushing for O365 backup services like Druva. Hmm. How necessary is backing up O365? Isn't the data geo redundant? Looking for opinions. Thanks. And there were a variety of, it's a bit like, (laughs) it's a bit like posting, I think, which is better, Democrat or Republican? It's almost like a troll, right? Because you know that there's going to be people like me that are going to say, dude, the cloud isn't magic. You need to back up your stuff. And then these other guys who seem to be, they are certainly less concerned about what I would consider backup. And so they, there are groups that post uh, the opposite and there are yep. people that blog the opposite. So I thought we'd talk. I know we've covered this in the past, but I, in you fact, know, I, it was, was our that? fifth episode of why backup SaaS services, I think. Is uh, see, we we, that was like a hundred thousand episodes ago. Yeah, if it was our fifth was... episode, that was 125, 29 episodes ago. So there you go. There you go. And so I thought we'd talk about this. And first off, I'll throw out our usual disclaimer. Prasanna and I work for different companies. He works for Zoom. I work for Druva. This is not a podcast of either company and the opinions that you hear are ours. It's actually Curtis's. I don't let him have his own opinion. And then also rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And we're looking for guests. And so we'll start having guests again here this year. And we would love to have you on. We love to talk about backup, security, data protection, data privacy, barbecue, beer, (laughs) and backups. Barbecue, beer, and backups, the three Bs. So yeah, so please join us. Just message me at WC Preston on Twitter. You can DM me. I accept DMs from everybody. And also you can email me at WCurtisPreston at Gmail. What do you think about this? Now that you've been freed from your associate, you used to be associated with backup for a long time. Yep. And now now you're over there at this other company that has nothing to do with backup. A lot of people think that, yeah, it's running in the cloud. Why do I need to back it up? And it's not even just corporate and not even specifically Microsoft 365, but look at people using Gmail for their personal email. How many people, I bet if you go around and ask like everyone, do you back up your mailbox, right? Your Gmail, right? Right. 99% of people will be like, wait, what? Yeah, I think it's right? more so, like 99.9, but yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things where most people, like we've always said, they believe it's a SaaS service. 
Backups happen automatically. They don't need to worry about it. They don't need to worry about like their laptop dying because it's in the cloud. They just right. bring a new device and it all works, but they don't realize yeah. that data is still sitting somewhere on something. And, and it's a bit annoying to me because I, I've been in the space for a long time. And throughout the years, there, there have been things that have been purported as a replacement for backups, right? One of them was, or that didn't need backups. One of them was RAID. When RAID yeah. came out, we, we didn't need backups. And then then there were snap, snap, and, right? snap and replicate. Um, yeah, but even like with snapshot, there were people that just had snapshots. They didn't oh, yeah. even have the replication. <laughs> and they would say, oh, I don't need backups because I have snapshots. Dude, those are snapshots of the primary. You sitting on the primary. Them. Yeah, sitting on the primary. <laughs> And, and that's what I'm going to go for here. So first off, I'm going to say the same thing that I often say, just a flat out emphatic statement that Microsoft uh, and, and Google are not backing up your email. Um, they're not backing up your SharePoint, et cetera, your OneDrive. If you don't know, OneDrive is essentially a, an interface to SharePoint. And if you don't believe me, go look at your service contract. Everything that they provide for you, everything that they have agreed to provide for you is in a contract. Go look at your contract. You will not find any words that sound like backup, restore, recovery, any of these things. They are not there. And if you look up something called the shared responsibility model, you will see that your responsibility, that the backups clearly fall under your responsibility. Their responsibility is availability of the platform, not availability of your data. There's a very different concept there, right? Availability of the platform. The same uh, thing holds true for not just... Microsoft 365 and like Gmail, but even AWS, hmm. they have the same thing with the shared responsibility model where they make sure that yes, service is available, but backups, all the rest is yours, unless you explicitly buy a service like AWS backup or something right. else like that. Uh, the, the difference between AWS and Microsoft though, is that's clearly spelled yes. out <laughs> in the documentation yes. of every service that you look at. It will tell you what backups are included, what backups are not included, where the backups are, and and what you can do to make them better. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Microsoft, they just don't talk about it, which is just yeah. really weird. I um, think they don't talk about it because they don't want people to really... They think people don't need to worry about it. Like, I think AWS brings it up because they realize you need to worry about this. I mm -hmm. think Microsoft thinks... We don't need people to worry about this. Why do people have to worry about it's the cloud? Everything should be available. But yeah, it's I would say they don't want people to worry about it. I mean, but they don't give you a solution, though, either. <laughs> they don't give you a solution to the problem. Again, proponents of the no backup philosophy would state that they, they do give you ways to protect your data. And the most common thing that is is touted. So first off, they talk about the availability of the platform. They talk about replications and and how that it's part of this availability group. And, and that's all great. But again, that's all about availability. That's yeah. not about backups. And, and backup and restores. But th they also tout things like retention policies. The, the most common thing that I see touted by people that want to, that, that say you don't need to back up the data is retention policies. And, and the thing is, here's news. Most people don't know anything about retention <laughs> policies, right? Most people don't even know that they exist, including a lot of backup vendors. They, they, they don't know that they exist. And so they just talk about the recycle bin. They're like, oh, the recycle bin is only two weeks or whatever. And, and they go after the recycle bin. And, and then 
proponents of, of 365 will then say, there are retention policies. And if you really want to store data, if you want to make sure that data doesn't get deleted, uh, even if it's purged from the recycle bin, then you should create a retention policy for that and and, and, and it would save it. My, my big thing though, with the retention policy idea is that all that's really doing is keeping the email or the file or the record in 365. It's almost like a soft delete, right? It is a it's, soft delete. It's gone from the user's perspective. It's gone from the admin's perspective, but it's not yet gone from the system's perspective. Right. It, it's just basically, I've said this before, 365 and G Suite and, and Salesforce, uh, all of these apps, they're all really just a big fancy database with an interface in front of it. And it's not like you actually have, uh, it's not like for the Unixy folks, it's not like your your 365 email is in an inbox format. It's in a directory somewhere. It's in a database. And each email is represented by a record in that database. And when you delete the email, what happens is it sets a flag that says deleted. And if you then, and also if it's got a retention policy, it sets a flag that, it's going to be retained. So even if it's deleted, it just looks like it's been deleted, but it's really just sitting there. And that, that is not a backup. And why is that not a backup? Because it lives within the same system. So it doesn't follow the three, two, one rule. Yes. See, I got it this time. And by the way, I I just want to, I just want to say something and I'm going to, I'm going to try not to return in kind, but there was this article from practical365.com And right off, they started out with an ad hominem attack in the beginning of the article, right? Basically saying that people, vendors like Druva that are stating that you need to back up. Oh, here we go. It says, when you research it, though, you'll find lots of content telling you that you do need to, but more often than not, the content is sponsored, paid for, authored by a company selling a 365 backup or continuity solution. Some are written with the express aim of convincing the reader that backups are essential. I would say they all are because they are. <laughs> anyway, but the, the idea, that's literally paragraph two. Basically, oh, well, anybody who says you need to back up 365, it's just because they sell it. And yeah, I work for Druva, but I've always felt like you yeah, need to you back, should back up. up your day. I've only worked for Druva for four years. I've always felt you need to back up SaaS resources. Yeah. And An example would be, look at Salesforce. They brought back in a backup solution. They right, did in-house yeah. that they had gotten rid of, but they decided yeah. that they're going to continue building it out. And the only reason that they would do that is because their customers are probably asking them, we need something. So if I look at this article, the first thing that he goes after is retention policies. And it says retention policies are not backups by themselves, but they're part of the picture. Well, Talks I about disagree ret- with, just like we talked right. about I don't have any problem arrays. with the retention. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, just like we talk about with storage arrays, right? Snapshots are part of your overall data protection strategy. It's not just the only thing that you use. Steve Goodman is the author. He talked about that it's not backups, but it says it just ensures the data isn't removed from the service. And he then alludes to the fact that people of my ilk will suggest, well, the problem with that is that an admin, a a malicious actor could go in and change your retention policy and thus delete everything. You could create a retention policy of zero, move everybody into that retention policy, and suddenly all their email is deleted. And you know how we know that that's possible? Because it happens. 
because it happened. There is a, a giant story. Oh, I remember in, we did this. Yeah. Yeah, that was the story, August 2020. It was KPMG. They created a policy. It was an accident. But that's what backups are for. Yep. <laughs> right? Is they created a retention. They needed to delete one particular person's data. So they created it, but they already had a retention policy that said that data is retained for 90 days or whatever. And so they created a retention policy that said zero. And then they were supposed to move that user into that retention policy. And instead, they moved everybody Everyone. into the retention policy yep. and thus deleted 145,000 users' personal chats. While I will just say that a lot of backup providers don't backup personal chats. And the reason for that is that Microsoft does not provide an API to get that data. The, and this does prove the point that retention policies are not perfect. Oh, and the, they would, of course, tout preservation lock. If you turn on preservation lock, even if a bad actor goes in and shortens all your retention down to zero, that will only apply to data for the future, not yeah. data from the past. The only problem with that is uh, people that have turned on preservation lock then suddenly find out how much data it takes up. <laughs> and then they're like, holy cow. And they can't do they anything. And, and they can, but they can't fix it. Yeah. Right. And this reminds me on storage arrays, most storage arrays offer two types of retention mm. lock, one called compliance and one called governance. Compliance is the one that you set and you can never unset it like the preservation mode. Right. And a lot of people would start off with that and then they would realize, oh man, this is eating up a lot more space than I expected. And there's nothing they could do because it's set that way. And so you either end up creating a different volume and start using that other volume with a different mode on it in order to keep the data for as long as you need. Because everyone's, yeah, I want to keep the data forever. And then you start looking at your bill and how much data it's consuming. And you're like, I did not expect that. Yeah. And so I, I think that, again, there's nothing wrong with a retention policy, but it isn't backup because it doesn't copy the data anywhere else. And anything, if anything catastrophic happens to your configuration, it is that data is gone, right? Can now, I people say, a... has this ever happened? I don't know. But here's the thing. The cloud is magic. Happen? Microsoft yeah. isn't magic. Could it happen? Yes, it could. And by the way, I, I want to throw out something that, that some commenters on the thread have brought out. Like, has anything like this ever happened to you? So well, I've had Microsoft 365 for... 10 years and I've never had a problem. You know what? I've been in the industry for 30 years. I've never had to do a disaster recovery either. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have a DR plan. <laughs> yeah. I'm prepared. So the, the second section here he has- Before, before you one, move on. Oh yeah, sure. You brought up a point about the three, two, one rule, how keeping all the data local um, yeah. means that it doesn't meet the requirement. But right. I believe some people would also say, yeah, but Microsoft 365 allows you to replicate- the data to other geos. I can't speak to the geo replication capabilities of Microsoft 365, but I will just say replication is not backup. Yeah. Right. For the same reason that, so yes, you can replicate, but replication is similar. It, it has other holes that when corruption happens in one place, it can automatically replicate the, the corruption to other places. This is why we came out with concepts like continuous data protection in the backup world, because yep. replication by itself is not helpful. It, it doesn't appear that they offer this as, a as an additional service, but that there is a database availability group for Exchange and that there are other lagged copies. But I will mm -hmm. just say this, 
I have specifically, and you can call me on this and you can tell me I'm full of it, but I have specifically, as a customer of Microsoft 365, Druva is a customer of Microsoft 365. I have specifically asked them, can I use a lagged copy of Microsoft 365 Exchange Online to restore my service? And the answer was an unequivocal no. Okay. Because like you said, but, it's intended for the service availability, not exactly. for users to be exactly. able to restore their backup. So while this author of this article is talking about these lagged copies again, that's the other thing that, that folks that are proponents and that understand 365, they often bring up lagged copies. Show me documentation that says that I'm allowed to use a lagged copy to restore my database and I'll back off because I have documentation directly from Microsoft that yeah. says that I cannot use that copy. So yeah. I remember I you called in to support yeah. and actually talked to someone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> the next section that he has here is that recovery inside the service is possible, but requires skill. The first sentence is that the weakness in 365 is how complex it is to understand how to recover data. Why? <laughs> to which I just want to hang my head. <laughs> Restore should not be difficult. Yeah. This is something brought up by the other person that we've often tangled with. When you're having your worst day, the last thing you want is a complicated restore process. It's like the and conversation we had last week about you restoring backup central. Right. Yes. It was a little more complicated than I thought it was going to be, but it worked out. And yeah. I went to the people. I went to the people to help me out. Yeah. They're saying um, that administrators can use things like the search mailbox to recover data or use the e-discovery. By the way, I have tried to use the e-discovery functionality in 365 to restore data. And I'll just say this, it, like a lot of other tools, it is definitely not a backup tool. Yeah. E-discovery is, you know what that tool is made for? Persona, I'm going to give you one guess. E-discovery? Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out it's really good at e-discovery yeah. and not so good at restoring stuff. First off, I found the e-discovery tool clunky. I found creating the case was clunky. Getting the data from that case was clunky. Getting the data back into a, a mailbox is also clunky. Because and it's not intended thing, to be used that way. It's not intended to be used that way. <laughs> also, it doesn't include the concept of folders. Hmm. It also doesn't understand the concept of point in time. Yeah. It's a little bit like when we have our archive versus backup discussions, right? Yes, They're it is exactly. E-discovery yeah. is an archive. Yeah. They're very different and, use cases and therefore they have different semantics. And when you try to make archive be used for restore or backup used for archive, the worlds collide and bad things happen. Yeah. When I hear someone suggesting that you can use e-discovery to restore a mailbox. I would like to see them do that on video. I really would. Maybe and, for one you know, email, it's not bad. Yeah, for exactly. For one email, it's not bad. But for a bunch of users who have had their email obliterated or OneDrive obliterated, and you're pointing them at eDiscovery or the, the admin has to go to eDiscovery, it doesn't understand the concept of point in time. In other words, you can't put your mailbox or OneDrive back to the way it looked two days ago. It just, it doesn't understand that concept. What it understands is give me all of the files or all of the emails that went to Curtis. Yeah. All of them in yep. this time frame, which is not the same thing of give me all the emails that were in Curtis's email box yesterday. Yeah. It, yep. it doesn't understand that concept. And then the last recommendation was PowerShell commandlets to which I just want to hang my head. But again, it, it should be easy. And if the data has been purged 
and it, it's only held in a retention policy, it's going to be complicated. And the only way to get it is the e-discovery interface. And I found that clunky. Your last line of defense, but it shouldn't yeah. be your first option. <laughs> yeah. I live in this crazy world where people do dumb stuff all the time and then they need a way out of it. And that way should be simple. And the thing is, the way we back up 365, we would restore right back to where it came from. Yep. We would restore the folder structure that it came from and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It would just, it'd just be restore Curtis to the way simple. he looked yesterday. That's what backups are for. If you don't think that matters, I don't know what to tell you. We're probably not going to share drinks. <laughs> well, and if I'm the Microsoft 365 admin and I get this request and it's, I've never really used the e-discovery tool or whatever other tool. And now I'm trying to figure it out as I have a CEO yeah. breathing down my neck or someone very important or whatever else it is. If I've never done this operation, like, or it's not dead simple, then there's probably going to be a mistake being done and someone's going to be very unhappy. And then there, there's the, the final and this one, again, it's a very common thing that people bring up on that side of the discussion. And that is this final heading is Microsoft 365 backup products have key gaps that limit the security and productivity of your organization. So the point being made here is because Microsoft doesn't provide Druva and other companies like Druva APIs to get all of the data, therefore our backups are invalid. And I just want to, again, throw my hands in the air. We acknowledge that and we plead with Microsoft to stop offering new services without backup APIs. But because we can't pr pr protect something like Yammer, for example, doesn't mean we can't protect Exchange Online. The rest of the stuff, yeah. And they also list Teams. And we do a pretty good job with teams. I know it drew, we do some things that a lot of other companies don't and, but we are limited by the APIs yeah. and what functionality that, it allows you to do. Yeah. And they list some stuff like sensitivity labels, AIP or MIP functionality, and to ask about how they back up and restore that data. And, and, and I don't disagree with any of that, but I don't understand how because we can't get everything, we shouldn't get what we can. And I, as and, a customer of Microsoft, would say to them, hey, why don't you make some APIs? And I think the other thing is, as a backup vendor, you need to be open about, hey, here are all the things we can't do, rather than just saying, yeah, we back up everything. It's good to go. Good point, yeah. I think Druva, at least last I looked, right, was very upfront about here are the Microsoft 365 services we can back up. Here are the things that we can't support. And like you right. mentioned, it's typically because APIs don't exist. The irony of this particular issue is they're saying that the reason why our backups aren't valid is because we can't get everything. Guess what? Their backups don't get everything. Yeah. And again, I just called what I just called what they do backups. What they do aren't backups, but their protection mechanisms don't get everything. There are a handful of things, just like there are a handful of things that we can't get. There are a handful of things that a person who only has 365 tools cannot recover. Off the top of my head, I don't have them. Vanessa at uh, Druva, I know, is, is a 365 expert. I'm not one. And we have talked about some things that, again, they're not as common as some of the other things, just like Yammer is not that common among the... And if you're listening to this and use Yammer, I'm not saying nobody's using Yammer. I'm just saying it's certainly not as common as, say, Exchange Online. Teams has become a lot more common in the last couple of years due to COVID, and due to them adding some functionality to answer Slack, yeah. right? 
Although and, I've used Teams and I've used mm-hmm. Slack and I'll take Slack any day. But <laughs> and I was just going to also mention that you brought up Vanessa. So we did actually record a couple episodes with her. We episodes did. 85 and 86, where she did talk about the architecture of Microsoft 365 that needs to be backed up and why you need to back up Microsoft 365. Yep. We, should we should point people to those episodes because I'm pretty sure she went into some of those things. I learned a lot um, from that discussion as well about yeah, Microsoft 365. Yeah. So when I look at, so there was a part one and a part two. When I look at the second part, he talks about prevention is better than cure. I don't disagree. I would not tell a customer not to use retention policies, but I will say this. If e-discovery is a regular part of your workflow, I will put our e-discovery capability up against the built-in e-discovery tool any day of the week. And if you're paying extra, the ones that I really don't understand are guys that are customers that are paying extra to get E5. And mainly what they need is the e-discovery functionality. We cost, cost way less than the cost difference. The cost differential is $15 a user. Do you want to mention what E5 is just for people? Like, yeah, Licenses, E5 right? is, is a Microsoft licensing level. So it's E1, E3, E5, right? And, e, and the biggest difference between e, E3 and E5 is the e-discovery capability. And also the it, things like looking for ransomware notification and things like that. And we offer the same functionality. And but And again, I would say that I would put our e-discovery functionality up against theirs any day of the week. So you get both backup <clears> and <throat> e-discovery for less than the price of this. And system. actual backup, <laughs> not fake backup. I don't know. It's I, I a don't little bit understand. like a religious war. It really I, is a religious <laughs> war. I, I will say that that I don't understand why the cloud makes this any less of an issue. Magical. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree that 365 is not a really well-designed product. It's just, it's not magic. And so bad things can happen. And no, I can't describe all of the bad things that could happen, but that's why we have backup. That's why we have backup everywhere else in IT. And I don't understand why 365 is somehow magically different. Yeah. I want to throw out another claim that you hear from people is one of the claims that some people mention is what... If 365 goes down, you have a backup of it. And these guys are like, where are you going to restore it to? Okay, so two things. There is an assumption that Microsoft would come back up. Okay. Second is that what you do have is an e-discovery capability. You do have ability to search and get access to the most important email that you can download to your laptop, the most important document that you're working, that you can get down. You know, no, you're not going to have the entire service but you can get the most important things yeah. that you were working on recently. Yeah. Or if you had a presentation in an email somewhere, the email server is down, at least you can go fetch that information while the service isn't available. Exactly. We're not going to be running your email for you. Yeah. It's not DR for email. But of any- if Microsoft goes down and Microsoft 365 is down, there's a lot of companies that are going to be in pain. And that was, oddly enough, that they said the same thing in one of the one of the articles or comments. It was like, yeah. Okay. So what are you saying? But the thing is companies that don't have a third party backup will be essentially dead in the water, yep. unable to work on anything that was recent while 365 is down. And by the way, 365 has gone down. Yeah. Yep. Right. It reminds me, do you remember when Salesforce did that upgrade where they oh, yeah. ended up messing with a bunch of user metadata? I think the user objects yep. and yeah, they told people go to your backups, and a lot of companies were like, "We don't have anything," or go to your sandboxes. Yeah, that was really weird because 
a script of theirs yep. damaged customer data. <clears throat> it changed it so that everybody could see everything. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, but that's and why you need is, backups. <laughs> that's why you need backups. And yes, we have had customers, Druva has had customers restore data from uh, their backups in Microsoft 365. It, it's hard to get them to come out and talk publicly, but I know that we have at least one customer that agreed to a case study that we can, that we publish on Druva.com. But I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't understand. I, I don't disagree that 365 isn't a solid product, isn't a well-designed product, and actually does a lot of, it has a lot of really convenient, like what I would call restore convenient features. They mimic backup though. They're not backup. backup. They are essentially snapshots and everything is all stored inside the same system. And just because a catastrophic failure hasn't happened of some 365 customer yet, doesn't mean it won't ever happen. And we have had incidents of the other things like ransomware and yeah. rogue admins and stuff. I think just trying to bubble it up even higher level, even though we've talked a lot about Microsoft 365, I think this applies to any SaaS or cloud solution that a customer is using. That they may not even realize, like ServiceNow or Zora or Zendesk, or you take your pick of cloud service, right? Exactly. Any service where you're creating data in that cloud, right? It does. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. It, it really does apply. And the only reason why I'm harping on 365 and have multiple times is it only seems to be with the 365 customer base and their fandom. Yep. where I get this problem. No one, I don't know anyone arguing that G Suite backs up their data. Occasionally we get this, the Salesforce stuff, but that's pretty easy because it's documented. Yep. Salesforce documented it. Amazon documents pretty good on, on their stuff, but Microsoft, Microsoft doesn't. Just, they just don't say anything. It's annoying. <laughs> and I, I wish they'd come out and be, they do, by the way, in their, this is the weird part is there's 365 for end users and there's 365 for businesses. In the 365 for end users, they specifically state you should back up your stuff. Hmm. But in the in the commercial version of the product, they just don't say anything. They don't say we have a backup of your stuff. You're good. You don't need to back up your stuff. That's so weird. But they all they also don't say you do need to back up your stuff. Yeah. So it's just it's a combination of the fact that Microsoft is not upfront about yeah. this, and then you have multiple people that are saying and, that it's not needed. And they may not be upfront about it because maybe in their minds, they think what they've provided is backup. Then put it in writing, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I'm, I go back to my days of watching Judge Judy. If it's not in writing, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I It just seems like on your worst day, the, the worse the problem is, the worse the ransomware attack or the malware attack or the bad actor attack is, the worse the problem is going to be. And again, yeah. I don't care. Even if you've turned on retention policies and you've turned on the preservation lock, even if you've done all of that stuff, for anything that's not in the recycle bin, Post. putting that back is going to be a giant pain in the butt. And do you really want that to be what happens to you on your last day? And and again, another claim that the, these guys made, they're like, because of the APIs and the limits and the throttle limits and everything, it'll take you a really long time to restore an entire Microsoft 365 tenant, to which I go, yes, I, I, I don't disagree with that. 
But you could be picky about it. You could just pick the last week or so's worth of emails and just restore those for now while you continue working and then restore the older stuff yeah, later. Or prioritize which users get restored first. There's so many mine, other options. Mine. <laughs> Always yours, Curtis. <laughs> but yes, I think you can people don't yeah. think about that. The other thing is at least you're able to restore your data. Even if it takes 50 days, at least you got your data back. Versus what yeah. if you don't get your data back? What are you going to do? It'll be like, yeah. what's that Gmail com- or the Google company that accidentally deleted their account and couldn't restore it and then the company closed down because it had all their intellectual property? Yeah, in. the name of the and company they, is escaping me. But it- And then they try to sue Google. Yeah. Yeah, nothing happened with that, did it? I don't <laughs> think so. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's so don't be like that company. public about it. Yeah. Yeah, don't be like that company. The cloud is not magic. SaaS is not magic. Microsoft is not magic. And Microsoft is not upfront about what they're doing to protect your data. They got a really a lot of really nice features, but all of the data is still all in one place. Even if it's in an availability group, again, that replicated copy, that lagged copy is not available to you. Don't believe me? Ask Microsoft. If the world, you know, blows up, and I need to use the lagged copy of my database to restore my environment. Can I? Yeah. If they said then, yes, would your answer change? Or would your opinion about Microsoft 365 change, Curtis? If I'm going to put you on yes, the spot. I, good question. If they said yes, I would ask them to put that in writing, right? As a customer, I would ask them if that if it is yes, although I'm pretty sure it's not going to be yes. But if it is yes, then why is that not in the documentation? What is the scenario that I need to, what is the process that I need to go through to restore my completely blown away exchange online or a SharePoint online environment? And it's not there. So back up your 365 and your G Suite and your Salesforce and all the other. Until Microsoft uh, changes their mind. But until, until then, they back it up. But even that, I'm, I'm just going to say this. So Salesforce, for example, now offers a four pay backup service. By the way, it's a little expensive, but because we have to compete with it now. We were looking at pricing when the pricing came out. It was quite surprising just how much they're going to charge for the backup service. But I still would not want to use a backup service built by the people that the original was made from. Again, given the choice, I would choose a third-party backup service. Just my... I'm going to challenge you on you, that. I, you, you're going to make the argument the other way, aren't you? Because yes, they know I, the data best. Well, they know the data, and, and I'll give you an example. You know what they don't know best? What? Backups. D- I agree. I will give you a counterexample, which is Oracle and Armand. Okay. Right. I think if Microsoft provided a similar mechanism as Oracle does like for Armand. Like a service to backup Oracle? But, but our, Oracle doesn't... Or, Oracle doesn't... So you know what I'm saying? But with our man, right, they understand the mm-hmm. data, they understand the format, and they say we could either write it to an NFS target or an S3 target, which Oracle will do on its own, or mm-hmm. you could plug in a backup vendor's libraries, if you will, into Oracle Rman and have it manage moving the data. With respect, my friend, I don't think that's a valid comparison because one is a software tool, right? And the other is a service. So my point is that hmm. Salesforce as a service is running on infrastructure, Right next to that infrastructure will be where the backup service is running. And I'm yeah. not talking about a 321 thing. I'm just saying the same people yeah. have designed the same two pieces of infrastructure, and they may have made the same catastrophic decisions on both I agree. Parts. That's not the same as I agree. a software backup tool. Yep. Anyway. All right. Did you have fun? I did. I always like talking about Microsoft 365 with you for some reason. 
I think it might have been the first topic that you brought up to me that had your blood boiling (laughs) before we started the podcast. Yeah. Because I do remember when you were on those calls with Microsoft, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Did you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to the listeners. Otherwise, it's just me and you talking to microphones. And remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Good restore.